Welcome to the Dad and Sons Podcast. On this show, we have to destroy chaos. I'm out to oh, destroy God. chaos. Oh, George. Who are you going to destroy? Do you want to destroy chaos with me? I have a burning urge to destroy chaos. Oh Only God. if it's chaos. I don't want to destroy order and reason. Just chaos. I must destroy chaos and wear really normal t-shirts from what looks to be H&M. You say normal t-shirt, but I swear that thing is a, like, onesie with, like, the, the big flap. It looks half like a diaper. Yeah, like I should be able to pee in my pajamas in the middle and, of the and, night. And, you know, everyone's dunking on the famous character profile of him from the front with the flap, but even from behind, <laughs> there also is a flap. It looks like you were supposed to stick the two flaps together. I'm gonna destroy so... chaos in my pajamas. I must destroy chaos. I'm super ready to take a shit because I undid my male leotard and I don't have to undo the flap when I need to poop after killing chaos. And also going to the toilet in my very convenient pajamas. Feel the pain! <laughs> I gotta watch the trailer for this. I'll now. crush you! <laughs> well, the thing is, is that I don't really know if you're gonna get it unless you have, like, good, clean audio, because, like, I have... I had such a visceral reaction to the stuff that guy said... Oh my god, did we just like get right into it? We're not even two minutes in. Should we have saved this? Uh no. Uh that's welcome to the Dennis's podcast. We have been welcome. watching E3. <laughs> We've been watching E3. Well, two of us have. <laughs> yeah, I I have I've only um watched things that people have sent me. Like a Plague Tale 2, which looks great. Yes, yes. All right, yeah. Yeah, and Eldritch Ring, which <gasps> looks like a Dark Souls. <laughs> whoa, I, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. You... I know, I know, I know, I know. It's probably going to be great when it comes out. I don't get the same vibes like I got from Sekiro where I'm like, ooh, I want to play this game. This looks, this looks good. It, it just seems, it just seems, you know, textures look like shit. You know, like the same old Dark Souls stuff, you know? Not, not to get anyone angry. It's just... Mm. It's probably gonna be great. <laughs> it's mm. just it just looks like the same stuff. I was expecting something a little bit more spicy, you know? The horse is cool. I'm just gonna go ahead and jot down Elden Ring on the timestamps two minutes in. We're talking about Elden Ring now. Hello and welcome. Guys, <laughs> I thought that I mean, I'm just gonna spoil it. I haven't been that impressed by everything at E3 this year, but Elden Ring came out, Jeff Keeley coming out with a banger. I thought it looked great. Yeah. You can get what they're going for with that game from that trailer. Open world, exploration. It's it's still, you know, similar storytelling the way they do with Souls. But I must admit that the monster designs or the boss designs were so much more interesting to me than previous <laughs> bosses. Dude, a nine arm like Irish king that has like a dragon head for one of his arms. Come on. Yeah, but at the at the at the same time, um, let's see, two minutes and and twenty-ish seconds in, you see what is almost like a copy paste of smog from Dark Souls. Two minutes uh, uh seventeen seconds in, rather. There are some similarities for sure, but the game like literally overloads you with bosses. Well, the trailer does. It overloads you with all of these enemies because it's like, look, these are interesting. And like the giant turtle oh, with a freaking bell underneath it that moves, you'll have to definitely jump onto it at some point. Also, like the like crawling hand with eyes that runs up to you. They, 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 from that trailer, all I could tell is they are super confident in their bosses they've made this time around, which made me really excited. And like, I don't know, it felt like an evolution of like 
combining the stealth of Sekiro and the fast-paced nature versus also being able to play Dark Souls in a kind of Dark Soulsy setting. Mm. I, I was impressed. I, I really liked it. Um, and a dragon catches a lightning bolt and then throws it at you. Like in the opening cutscene of Dark Souls? But did he catches the lightning bolt. Catches it. Like it strikes down from the sky and then he catches it <laughs> and throws it at you. That is so badass. I've never seen Are anything so Are me and George so agreeing? Badass. I don't think that mm-hmm. ever happens. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you do. Do you remember Super Mario Odyssey? That was the one time. <laughs> Where it was just like, oh, it's a Mario game. <laughs> like, we're getting moons. <laughs> yeah, both of you are like, that game sucks. Now, I think I am with Matt, but I am also not ready to like shit all over it because I'm sure it's going to be fine. Oh, because I say it looks like Dark Souls doesn't mean I'm not gonna yeah, play. Yeah. It doesn't mean it looks like complete shit. Yeah, it just it just looks like Dark Souls. It's it's just been done before, you know, and that's fine. Come on, guys, guys, come on, man. Give me look at the horse. The horse does a double jump and then also can like disappear and reappear out of thin air. <laughs> it's fucking so cool. Yeah, and then everything else was fine. End of podcast. <laughs> yeah i i just want to point out that demon souls came out in 2008 which is many many moons ago 12 going 13 years ago dark souls was 2011 which is straight up 10 years ago that is crazy and also the the quality and the fidelity of the graphics doesn't exactly look like as big a next gen jump as some other games we've seen this e3 and recently like ratchet and clank i think is the first one where my eyeballs are actually able to spot the jump this time guys i just had a horrid realization where dark souls was 10 (laughs) that elden ring looks old no that no it doesn't look old to me i thought in 60 frames and everything it looked great but dark souls 10 years ago when I was 21 and 10 years before Dark Souls, I was 11. So the time between when I was 11 Jeez. and Dark Souls is the same as the time between now and Dark Souls. That is crucifyingly that's horrible. Yeah, that's pretty nice. That means there are people listening to this who were like a child when Dark Souls came out and are yeah. now like mm-hmm. adults. Oh, mm-hmm. like, like <laughs> you, you remember the line in, in Bo Burnham's Welcome to the Internet, where, where he talks about how mommy let you use the iPad and mommy you were only two. Your iPad. Yeah, it was. There are people who were 11 when Dark Souls came out who are now 21 and can drink. And when we were 11, oh. uh, we were playing games like uh, Deus Ex, Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, Pokemon. And then when we were 21, we saw graphics and gameplay change so much that we were playing Dark Souls and, and Demon Souls. And 2001 was when I was 11. So that's Metal Gear Solid 2 or 3? Is it? No, it's 2. I think the, the, the more lukewarm reaction from Matt and I comes from that, that perspective of Do how you think it looks lower old? the Really? curve is going it, it does look like yeah. dark souls like yeah it, like even demon souls on the ps5 looks i like think that's just better. a credit to its aesthetic because i actually no i think you're right there but that's a different company right yeah I, yeah, I, yeah but i think that's a credit to the aesthetic because i think if you actually looked at dark souls like a video of the original release of dark souls you'd be like and then compared it 
side by side with Elden Ring, you'd be horrified by how muddy and terrible Dark Souls look. I guarantee there's going to be a monster factory of the character creation. <laughs> I guarantee. Some things are gonna... guaranteed. Yeah, because like they, I'm pretty sure they didn't do anything to the to the the character models, like the faces and everything. It's gonna look like like Oblivion. Like it's gonna look so shitty. <laughs> yeah, which sucks. <laughs> the trailer even begins with an old woman saying cryptic things. Yeah, like it's this. I, I was expecting something different because wasn't this in a partnership with who? George um, R. R. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> George, yes. I expected some more stuff. So it's as expected. Supposedly, he did all the world building. He came up with the tarnished idea and then just passed it over to From Software. This probably happened like oh, three no. years ago. Instead of the cursed, you're the tarnished. Gotcha, gotcha. Because there's no way he's working on the game. And they've said already that it's going to be very similar in the way Dark Souls storytelling is, which is very piecemeal. Player has to find it out for themselves, piece it together. That's, of course, never going to change. It's a Souls game. But all the world building of the characters and stuff like uh, I think, uh, you know, even the like the nine armed king, he was like, you know, drawn from like Irish mythology by George R. Martin and stuff like that. What about Bloodborne? There was like more story there. Is it going to be like Bloodborne or is it going to be like Dark Souls? probably an evolution i mean sekiro is the one that had the most story yeah i think one of the things that made bloodborne story so fun to go through is that it's been done less before than the the decayed medieval kingdom decayed victorian england isn't quite as much a setting you see so much yeah what see in like every vampire game ever and there aren't as many good vampire games as there are good medieval fantasy games. Which is weird, because this E3 had a lot of vampire games. Mm, do you guys want to talk about a vampire game? <laughs> this is like... This is the name, so I can click the trailer and watch it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's a Bethesda game called Redfall. Yeah, Control-F on the outline for Redfall. They have a cinematic trailer showing off more of the character personalities than the gameplay, so you don't really know how it plays. It's but... one of those trailers, yeah. It's one of those trailers where it's like, CGI. Look at this quirky squad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also don't know about how I feel about this one either, because... They looked like they were kind of annoying people. Oh, it's like a quad, uh, squad shooter type thing? Kind of, that's what it looks like. You can't tell. It's a, it's a cinematic trailer. It, it could be PvE. It could be PvP. You see personalities on the vampire side of the fight they're having too, but it uh, doesn't clarify if, if it's uh, co-op PvE or co competitive PvP. Uh, you play as a party of, of sarcastic, quirky, Whedon-esque snark people. And and shoot vampires with guns and and special powers and I I I wish more trailers were not like this you know I want I wish more trailers were not like the Outer Worlds two trailer. I think there's place for both, but yeah, I I would rather see the gameplay too, as well. So maybe two trailers would be nice. I don't think that's how marketing works, but. It it's, not, it's not. It's not. And and the, <laughs> the tone of the Redfall trailer is just also so intensely sarcastic and snarky and deliberate quirky that I feel like I'm kind of sort of being patronized a little bit. Mm. They're so casual about violence and, and it's like their deaths doesn't matter. The, the people they're killing don't matter. They don't act like they're really in danger. It's squeaky clean video game violence. As shooting games in general. Yeah, which... 
I, I appreciate how there was a little less of that this year. But yeah, anyways, uh, Liam, do you have any thoughts about this Redfall trailer? This is also, oh, another point that, that does make it important is Arcane. Uh, I don't like vampires. Yeah, it's Arcane, which is... Which which is actually a positive on the list. Like, which is a Yeah, I think at this point we can take it as positive, which is weird because then you think about... Uh, I, I wonder which one of the Arcane Studios it is, because, of course, one of them's been working on Deathloop for a while. I don't really have any feelings. I thought the trailer was fine. I thought it did something really generic, which is that squad-based, <laughs> quirky characters that don't really get along joking and quipping with each other. Could be a hero shooter. We don't really know, but it looks like a lot of all the above. But I have, and I cannot understate this enough. I honestly don't care about vampires whatsoever in video games. I don't think I've played a vampire game I ever really liked. Maybe Blood Rain 2 back in the day. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. It was fine. It was, it was just fine. What do we think about all the people who thought Redfall was going to be an Elder Scrolls game instead? <laughs> well, there, you, you, yeah, you can't really blame them. I mean, it has the word fall in it. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Um, Stalker 2? After yeah. years? Okay, there we go. Whoa. This feels like it wasn't as big a deal as it should be. Or is it just for me? Is... It kind of was. This actually, I think, is my like highlight of this year was Stalker Two. I think that game looks beautiful. I think that the way they frame the trailer around a campfire story is very, very smart and shows that they also are like super aware of a lot of little quirky stuff that Stalker fans want from the tone and the atmosphere. Like when the PDA makes its distinctive noise and the animation in this game. Like this is another one where I feel like my eyeballs can finally see the jump. Uh, from generation to generation. It looks good. It looks doesn't like look so good it might be bullshot. It looks doable on a next-gen console or 3080 next year. I think the animations are gorgeous. There's so much stuff moving around on the screen too for the typically sterile post-Soviet decay environment. It looks charming and and full of humanity despite the the industrial rust of everything. This is this is like like what I was closing my eyes and visualizing Stalker to be, and I was yeah. I felt I felt pandered to and satisfied by this one. The gun looks bloody lovely in the light reflections. Yeah, I I would be happy to play something else other than Metro. You know, I've been I it does, know, not that it does I look like Metro, Metro but it's me. just yeah. yeah. I mean that's I mean that's what Metro is, right? It was made off kind of this stuff. Yeah, kind so of. yeah, so. Uh, uh, open worldy sandboxy. Yeah. Uh, Metro is is the linear Call of Duty version of the open world sandboxy concept, mm. and and that aesthetic is popular this year. There was also Chernobylite, and I think some oh, um, yeah. Tarkov stuff that was revealed too. Yeah, wandering around. It's on early access for a while. Yeah, wandering around Soviet ruins and getting tetanus is uh, apparently something a lot of game game developers want to do over these next few years. Well, this is good on here. Psychonauts 2? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was also impressed with the aesthetics and the art style of Psychonauts oh. 2. They are going for a claymation look. Is this episode just... Uh, catching Matt up on E3 episode, which is literally. <laughs> Sorry, am I leading? Up. All right, someone <laughs> no, else pick no. one. I'm just like fascinated. Like some of these old games are popping up, 
right? Like, yeah, I think that's a good way for me and Matt, uh, me and George to be like, well, I enjoyed this one, and then you can, you can watch the trailer. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, no, Matt, go through the the Psychonauts two trailer. I love it. It shows a lot of really creative level designs of of him like bouncing around a pinball pachinko room in one yeah. of the levels, and and Psychonauts is is remembered for having like a quirky milkman conspiracy level next to a quirky Waterloo board game level and the aesthetic though is is what i really really appreciate like it looks like a uh, nightmare before christmas tim burton claymation corpse bride thing like they they really really nailed it the transition from from here to next gen is is totally having some some scenes where you like see a smoothness to to round objects that was not there before a certain like gritty dusty shading to cartoony stuff that wasn't there before that kind of seems like we're we're going from smooth plasticky fong shading to a little bit more textured claymation sort of sort of shading on uh Mm -hmm. on these cartoony games like this in next gen it looks like psychonauts too to be honest like it looks good Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm okay these, with these that. These like sequels to to fifteen year old games that aren't Dark Souls. Hey, are, uh... hey, I didn't think I'd be sat here defending Elden Ring. I didn't think that was how today was gonna go. <laughs> no, no, I, mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be good. I mean, it's a Souls game. Like, yeah, when is a Souls be... game not good? Exactly. When, it, when, when like the level when design is not like too, apparently. as good as the other ones, like. To not like a Souls game, you compare it to a Souls game. That's like literally what people do. <laughs> exactly. Dark Souls 2 is supposedly the black sheep of the franchise, and I still think that one's fine. It's good. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, because only because the first Souls game was better than the second one. So it's like, oh, that one's eh, not so good as in comparison. Matt, I would like you to click on Shrek to Yomi. This was showed off during the Shrek? Devolver Sarcastic Show. Um, <laughs> yeah, Shrek? type Shrek, Shrek, oh, not Shrek to oh, Yomi. That would be oh, a very, okay. very different concept. It's side-scrolling uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. And and really? it's black and white. You don't got to tick the black and white option in the in the, yeah, it's on in the options menu to to feel like you're you're an artsy fartsy screenshot major. It looks good. I thought that that you would especially get a kick out of this one when it comes to uh, aesthetic art yeah. projects for for next gen technology getting leveraged to make things look like like existing media. And you know, Matt, you love watching human beings end their lives in pointless, violent conflicts with their wow. bodies getting torn apart. And this one really, really exaggerates the blood and the gore. Good. That's what I like to see. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Milky. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's not enough 2D side strollers, so you know, I'm uh, going for that. So yeah, Liam, what would you like to direct Matt to next? <laughs> um I'm not really sure what stood out massively for me. Elden Ring was of course the highlight just because we saw Elden Ring. Unfortunately, I did like the look of Metal Slug Tactics, even though SNK mm-hmm. have seen better days. Yes. Well, there we. I I also do want to point out if you buy that game, they they have a majority stake owned by the current Saudi king who chopped up a journalist and committed a genocide in Yemen. So he also owns a lot of uh, uh, stuff in EA and other companies, uh, Ubisoft included. Um, oh yeah, no, fuck Ubisoft uh sable and tunic are still looking pretty great i have the demos for them downloading now uh right now xbox id as they have a load of demos from the e3 stuff um 
I liked the look of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Not because I'm biased, because of course I start in in the in, in the game. Yeah, there's a conflict wait, of interest here. They wait, used what? Liam's likeness because it was cheaper than Chris Pratt's. <laughs> wait, what? That wasn't a photoshopped photo? Oh, it depends which one you looked at. There are two floating around in the internet. One that is photoshopped and one that isn't. And okay, you can't right, tell right, the right, difference. Gonna, it's in the trailer, right? All right, I'm going to wait for it. Let's see. Yeah, Just look yeah. at Peter Quill from the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, and then, yeah. yeah. He doesn't look like Chris Pratt. He looks he, like Liam. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. And then they did Photoshop it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I woke up to about 10 messages, all the same sentence. Liam, when did you start st starring in the Guardians of the Galaxy video game? <laughs> so so we should set the record clear, though, and uh, clue people in on whether or not we are, uh, you know, telling the truth or having a laugh. Yeah, we're having a laugh. Did they actually reach out to you to have you star as the face model for this character? Unfortunately, that is not the truth. They did not. However. That's a conspiracy. If America's taught me anything, I have a good case to sue because it's kind of uncanny. He's like an interdimensional, better looking version of me, um, <laughs> for sure. His hair is exactly my hair from like the old photo we used to have. Yeah. <laughs> of us <laughs> yeah. for the podcast, like the one of right. me in the arcade. It's like exactly the same hair. It's not quite the same now. Kind of actually is today, but. It, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Like, I was like, oh, no. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe just a little bit. So I like the tone. I liked it. I did like it. I, I like that it was all set to a, a fun 80s song. The The gameplay kind of looks like a generic beat-em-up, though. But at least the tone looks fun and funny and energetic and lively. It definitely captures the same sort of spirit of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, even if it's not the same characters, but not the same actors who are playing them. And also, I find it interesting that they're going to allow you to only play as Peter Quill, but you're allowed to literally tell the other characters what attacks to do. Mm. I don't see why you couldn't just change, but that's fair. Maybe because it's all about this choice-based narrative that you are the team leader and you're making choices based on being Peter Quill. Uh, there seem to be a lot of telltales. Uh, Rocket Raccoon <laughs> will remember that kind of style when you anger Raccoon? Him. Rocket Raccoon kind of... Um, there we go. When he got angry at being thrown across by Drax. Um, so, I don't know. And the gameplay looks fun. You know, jetpacks, you fly around, shoot things with elemental blasters. The frame rate drops about five times during the trailer, so you can tell it's actually gameplay, which is nice. <laughs> like, it, it's not bullshit. Like, it drops, so it's gameplay. So that's promising. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought that was my surprise, because I didn't care for Marvel's Avengers at all. But this seems fun. It's story as well, not, uh, what is it, uh, live game nonsense, as usual. What, what do you think of the trailer so far, Matt? It looks pretty sleek. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I'm not I'm not hearing it. Yeah. But um you can imagine man, them just quipping face each other. models have come a, a long way, man. Facial expressions and everything. Remember back in the day? Yeah. We're talking about 10 years ago. Jesus. Now like the eyes look real. Dog souls, no facial expressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
like wow like it looks it looks really really nice wow um yeah i mean yeah the gameplay doesn't look very interesting but i mean it might be pretty cool I think like if you get to actually make choices that matter and it takes you on divergent paths that do different things and maybe you go to different planets depending yeah. on the choices you make. I don't know how it'll be that in depth, but if you could, that'd be pretty great. It's it's in the camp of like, you know, if it's good, I'll play it, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But like, like Plague Tale is probably one of those things where like, I'm going to play that game because I really enjoyed the first one. Right. And even if it's a CG trailer, like. I just want to play the play the game because the first one was was pretty decent, right? If it comes out and it gets a seven point five to an eight, I'll I'm give probably it a go. not gonna play. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll probably, give it a go. I'll probably, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably do a little Game Pass on it. You know, probably, you know, if it's free on Game Pass, like Cycle Knots, I'll probably. Give that was it a another little... one. Game Pass was a true winner of this E3. Oh damn! It's a better look than the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's not better looking than what I assume is in-engine game footage of our first look at Starfield. Starfield. Is that in-engine? You can't really tell no, from the it's, cinematic it stuff. No, it says in-engine. Okay, sure. It's their new we'll creation see. engine too, and that's the best damn-looking sandwich I've ever seen. That's a Starfield. Oh, there it is. I liked the Eurogamer interview better. You couldn't really tell what sort of game they're going for with this trailer here. That is Euro... totally on purpose. Like, it seems like they don't maybe know yet what direction it's going to take. Well, there's this great sum up of the interview where they say Han Solo simulator meets NASA. So like, oh, that's what? <laughs> That sounds that sounds really interesting, like a hard sci-fi rather than soft sci-fi space fantasy version of the 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 libertarian American frontier fantasy of uh, being a, a snarky roughneck smuggler exploring a, an actual new frontier of space while it's still exciting and new and not an, an unknown to humanity. There's there's two games on this list that I think are really going to tap into the UFO hype these days, and it's uh, <laughs> not a uh, fucking uh, Starfield's one of them. We can't go another podcast without an alien reference. That, nope. Like, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting because the the Outer Worlds two was also shown. Really? Yeah. And oh, Matt, I, I'm sorry because this is a trailer where you have to hear the narration. It's really, really weird what they did with this Outer Worlds 2 thing. I commend them for trying what they do with it, but it it falls a little flat. Is it better than the Starfield sandwich? No. Because the Starfield sandwich uh, is pretty good. It is pretty sandwich. Uh, yeah, it looks like do you remember sandwich. the humor in the Outer Worlds, Matt? Nope. Forgettable. So <laughs> I remember some characters saying some sarcastic things about the bad deals they were signing up to for the space corporations. Other than that, I do remember it being very dry. But the trailer for Outer Worlds 2 is completely off-the-wall bonkers meta, in which a narrator is sarcastically ripping into what looks like an otherwise serious normal video game trailer. And at the end, he says... And then the camera pans out behind the main character who you can't see very well because the developers have probably not finished the design yet. In fact, the only thing they have to show is the title. And then the title shows up. Really? And I do not remember the humor from the first game being that meta about it. No. Like it was a little more toned down. It's a different flavor. And I don't know if it works that well. 
The best thing we can hope for with the Outer Worlds 2 is them getting a boost in production values, though, because that game did feel way too cheap for what they were trying to envision, a follow-up to New Vegas. I'm hearing a little bit of it. I mean, these types of jokes, young people like this type of stuff. It's not for us old farts here, even though we're probably not that old, but like, it's not for us old farts. But the thing is, is that it does feel like it's sarcastically making fun of stuff that's been done a jillion times before, which takes a few years to settle in, is it? I feel like I should have enjoyed it as someone who who makes fun of cinematic logo teaser nothing trailers. I just don't know if this is like the right brand for, for that sort of flavor of humor. Even though The Outer Worlds was like pretty comedically inclined. Mm. It was still pretty serious in places. Right, yeah. I feel like... They tried to make something that would stand out at E3 among everything else. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just so many mm. games anyway that I'm not really sure how you stand out in this anyway. I know what it what it is. This this style of trailer for The Outer Worlds 2, that should have happened for a sarcastic, silly devolver game is is the difference. It, mm. Like it's showing up for a kind of sort of serious IP in the Xbox show was not but even if they did it and said the same lines i would be still like yeah okay guys <laughs> we get it that's that's kind of where where they've gone after this point isn't it three years in the joke's not gonna be as as fun the first time as it was yeah but i really enjoyed a lot of the games that were shown during the devolver show uh, specifically despolote which is like my, my number two most hyped game after Stalker 2, I think. I adore this trailer about Despelote. Yeah, Matt, click on that and let's let's hear what you think about the art style. Unfortunately, it is another one where you probably have to hear the characters talking to see the appeal. But this is a game where you play a small child in a small South American country who is excited about your football team qualifying for the World Cup. And the trailer shows you kicking a ball around a park and depending on who the ball hits and how and when the npcs in the town will generate a procedural conversation around it uh there is a lot of interactivity shown there are two different states of ball one of them is deflated and that apparently changes what people say a lot of interactivity and variety that is uh coming from a complete non-combat mechanic. This is also like very cutely, adorably capturing someone else's nostalgia in a way that I don't think another medium can do. This is, uh, you know, when you're watching the Olympics, they'll use these scene transition cuts where you'll see like a crowd of kids chasing after a ball and inspiring music will play in the background. And it's a little cheesy and inauthentic, but this feels like there's pausing that freeze frame of that crowd of children, swooping the camera behind into their faces so you can experience someone else's rose-colored nostalgia for what that excitement feels like in a way that the transitionary shots of watching the Olympics in a, in a coddled, comfy, privileged first world country isn't going to capture. I, I love this. I adore this. Looks really cool, actually. This seriously feels like the the dream of video game interactive art coming true in terms of of doing things that aren't violent killing the same bad guy hundreds of times over and over again for for teenagers yeah it's kind of frustrating that we can't go through all of them but i was actually incredibly happy to see there was so many indie games announced and it was great because there was of course all the main showcases but then outside of that we had wholesome games and we had 
the indie games showcase, and we had the Gorilla Collective. There's so many indie games, and all of them, the majority of them, were non-violent and had unique yeah. things about them. Yeah. And it is way fucking cooler. And that's why I think some contention might come up here, because Liam has said that this year's E3 was kind of boring. And when I went on Slash R Games on Reddit today, one of the top posts was like, this year's E3 seems kind of boring. But I don't feel that at all, specifically because of those showcases like that, that we're doing the wholesome games. Like, there's a lot of stuff here that feels like it's almost pandering to me. Like, this is kind of sort of a vision I had when I made that Starkey E3 2015 video that everyone hated. This is like, if I'm going to be spending the weekend watching video game commercials, at least we got a lot of video game commercials that weren't sequels, that had cute, adorable artwork, that had nonviolent game mechanics that were, you know, from smaller teams who are making games with worse graphics that are taking a longer time to do it. But in all honesty, they weren't part of E3, though, were they? They have to still not. do their own thing to be yeah. noticed. And what I'm saying is E3 and the major companies and everything, like everyone was disappointed with Square Enix. Everyone was disappointed with Capcom. Everyone was disappointed with Ubisoft. It Like the highlights came from other, even Jeff Keighley's thing, right? Which had Elden Ring. The majority of people enjoyed that, minus all the sponsor stuff that kept getting in the way. But the majority of what people are excited about came from these indie showcases outside of it. Um, so the actual like status quo of E3, I do agree, was kind of boring, to be honest. There wasn't yeah. major highlights. You know, we have, yeah. we're recording this pre-Nintendo, which is you know going to happen in an hour from now. Um, so... Who knows in that regard? But in terms of like the traditional E3, I feel like it was kind of boring. Even I think Xbox did really well. You know, they showed Halo as expected and Starfield was teased, but there wasn't anything about Starfield other than that teaser. So it's hard to get excited about that. But then everything else was about Game Pass, which is great. For as great as Game Pass is, no one's going to get excited about it at E3. People want to see stuff, see yeah. new things. Um, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I so. agree. It, it's kind of like pointing out one of those uncomfortable problems of semantics, you know, like whether or not they're really indie games. It's like, is this really E3 if it's part of the same weekend bonanza? And and I am I'm actually all for it. But it is like Wholesome Games shows you that people have to come together to do it because they won't be asked otherwise. Right. So like it still requires, you know, people to get together to do it. Because E3 and these bigger companies are never going to ask you to be involved. So it does feel like, yes, they are using the opportune moment to be involved and then they do get accepted and become involved. But it's still required, you know, secondary parties of people to get together and then organize these things. Whereas, you know, the, the guys who can just turn up and be like, we're making a an event like Ubisoft or whatever, or like um, even Capcom, who just shows the same stuff that is already out and whatnot, they just get to do do it because they're big companies but yeah i don't know i i'm still happy that we had e3 because of course last year we didn't uh i'm still happy for that but i do think we it wasn't the greatest showings in terms of mm. excitement Elden Ring i was is a the lot happier this weekend than i was during most e3s for the past year and i do think it's because the media was latching onto this uh this concept more so than the big publisher companies. I am all for E3 switching from 
organized by the ESA, funded by the big publishers, to being organized by GameSpot or IGN or whatever the hell Wholesome Games is supposed to be. Like, they just call it a collective. Like, yeah, put these events in their hands instead, please. That's what's so great about this week, I think, is what it was E3, because E3 actually had an official live stream, but the other companies were doing their own thing at their own time, and it was all digital events. So it's like E3 in name, but maybe not E3 ESA anymore. And it's just a week where loads of companies use the opportune moment that everyone else will be doing stuff to do stuff, and then it is exciting. It was E3 in, in spirit. Maybe not necessarily in name and funding, but... Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I do not disagree with you at all. It just feels like E3 to me because it's all the same weekend. Yeah. Let's see, what else is uh, on here that, that Matt might get a kick out of as we catch him up? You know, we uh, you sent me the perfect trailer, which was uh, mm. uh, Salt and, and Fuzz. I enjoyed that game. Yeah, I, I played. I'm pretty sure I played it like two or three times back in the day because I just, I just enjoyed how I don't know, like the physics in that game. It was, it was a, it wasn't the best, <laughs> but it was so fun, especially playing with a with another friend. Mm -hmm. um, a, a game where a co-op run plays completely different than your solo run. Oh, completely. Yeah, and um, I, I, I can't wait for this one. I really am can. more excited for this than I am Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I am. I Same. <laughs> hey, this is coming in 20, like... <laughs> 2022. <laughs> Blown away. I don't know. It's I I like I like these types of games, like small little side stroller co-op games. Like that that seems fun to me. Um, Elden Ring, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to be good. Don't worry, Liam. It's no, no, I, it's weird because I actually, so I thought about, and I actually kind of commend the people who made Salt and Sanctuary, like Scar Studios, terrible name for a video game company, but cool. Yeah. Um, that game was like one of the OG indie games alongside like Super Meat Boy yeah. and everything. Like, and it came out as a Dark Souls. It was like the first Soulsborne like spinoff of Souls. Yeah. Like that game, mad respect, but it's ugly as shit. It's ugly. <laughs> I, it's ugly. It is still I, ugly. I I like the backgrounds. I know what everyone's talking about. I think it's they're talking about the character animation, right? The rigging. It's so ugly. Yeah. It looks it looks kind of like an old Flash game, but I can I can tolerate that. Maybe because yeah. I grew up with that, but I've always been of the opinion that the backgrounds in these games look pretty all right, if not good. <laughs> the first one was ugly. This one looked ugly. I'm fine. It might be yeah, great. They, they, no, no. Liam was right. It does look ugly, but I like it. I still like it for That's some reason. Fine. It's a, it just um, it's like someone couldn't do the animation, so they like added bones to a character and animated it that way, and made it work. And I don't know, there's something about that that makes me wanna makes me like, hey, I you know I commend that. I want to play that. I want to play that game. And and also their shameless Dark Souls aping is now extending into the territory of Sekiro, where they give you a grapple. Hook. Yeah, yeah. And That's unlike cool. Sekiro, it looks like you can grapple on things that don't need a giant glowy interactive spot. But yeah, I guess we'll see when the game's in our hands. Yeah. Halo Infinite's multiplayer have grapple hooks now. Yeah, and Halo Infinite what? also got way better reception this time than it did during the first reveal. The they've got bots. 
The multiplayer trailer was great. The multi multiplayer trailer was great. And free to play. And and that's like a sign that they might want this game to last many, many years instead of churn it out before the next one. Facial animations look better. I, 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 I you know, still don't know if it's going to be a, a graphical showcase, but like all the features in the gameplay that they showed seemed fine, if not good, because I am I'm all for bots. And uh, the free to play mode is going to mean that the servers are going to stay populated for a good long while, too. I, I wonder why. Um... They never get like pros to do the trailers for this, like uh, to play the characters. You ever realize in, in some of these these uh, these gameplay trailers, the developers like don't know how to play their game. That's on purpose. It's on purpose. It's like a golden rule. You cannot be too good in your own trailer that makes the game look easy. Ah, uh, okay. you purposely have to make it look like a player is playing a game. Therefore failure a little bit of miss you know missing stuff mm. um you can't be too good but you also and this is the hard balance you also can't look shit like that's because then the game looks shit right yeah hey so it's it's just like those uh those phone apps on trailer on on tw- uh not t- not tinder uh <laughs> twitter Twitter, you know, you know those uh those phone commercials that they have on Twitter no just me where they have those the puzzle games and all that type of stuff. Slide the play. lava out of the way to yeah, burn yeah, your wife yeah. to death. Yeah, the gunscape ones. Always, always fail in the most stupidest way possible. And it frustrates you the hell, and then you yeah. play, and you feel like <laughs> such a sucker. Well, they won. They did it. <laughs> I, I think I saw some of that going on with the Battlefield 2042 trailers. Uh, there's a gameplay trailer where it looks like they have God mode turned on and have all the other players in the server making a point to not shoot the guy who's playing, uh, who's who's uh, got our camera angle on at any given time. Oh, that that trailer. So, so what, 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 what do you think of Battlefield 2042, guys? It, it has a grapple hook too. Everyone has a grapple hook now. <laughs> sometimes I, sometimes I think video games are not made for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what uh, I think. <laughs> for multiple reasons. It's just like why are you guys copying each other? Like I get it. Like that's that's kind of how innovation happens. But like it, and it's like sometimes it's just too much. Just like. Come up with your own stuff sometimes, man. Be original sometimes. Gameplay-wise, I think it looks fine, but it also kind of looks like Battlefield 4 uh, that has been done before. It looks miserable. It looks mi- it's, a, it's a future we are all heading towards, and it looks fucking miserable. Miserable. So, so the... Lo- Whoa, I, but there's also like a loop-zoop moment in the trailer. It's a global climate crisis future then is just ruined the earth barely any of the population still alive it's fucking misery and 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 yet the trailer shows someone flying a jet high up in the sky jumping out of the jet to shoot another jet with a rocket launcher then landing back in the jet which was a joke video for battlefield 1942 that they've now officiated into the real trailer for battlefield 2042 if this is the future we're heading towards (laughs) i truly want to be the guy who parachutes off with the other guy well they both don't parachute they have wingsuits who both jump off and then he gives the other guy like a thumbs up and then gets immediately mm-hmm. crushed by a plane. I want to be the guy who gets crushed by the plane because I feel like I don't want to live in that future. I think there's tonal whiplash going on. 
because the the aesthetics are are gray and grimy and and the lore involves a, a climate crisis from climate change but the moves and the stunts are goofy and silly and fun yeah, yeah. and so there's tonal whiplash so okay let's talk it's about the lore misery. behind battlefield 2042 oh god have you guys looked into this stuff no no a little <laughs> bit actually a little bit but not extensively. In the near climate catastrophe future, uh, a mysterious asteroid passes by Earth and knocks out all the satellites. There's a worldwide blackout. All the superpowers are blaming each other. And before you know it, a World War III gets sparked off by climate refugee expats who sign up to be military soldiers fighting for the superpowers in exchange for citizenship of uh, whatever safe territory is left to still live in in the world. The the premise is that you were playing like middle class service employees who go from a lifetime of doing like, I don't know, software development and IT to, to spend a year serving in the armed forces in 2042 in exchange to migrate from, from Germany to Michigan or something. It is stupid. And also tone deaf and has some tonal whiplash going on. But I do kind of want an FPS video game where I can sit back and relax and still get kills. And that is Battlefield. And that is not some of the games I've been playing recently, like that do the whole quick time to kill stealth incorporated yeah. thing. Halo has a higher learning curve than Battlefield games. Usually I do feel a craving for a big battle game where I can be half asleep and still perform well and not have to dedicate half a year of my life to, to climbing a learning curve to get some cheap thrills. So I think I might be interested in BF 2042 when, uh, when some game of the year edition launches with all the DLCs, if it is going to be following the BF3, BF4 model, which it looks so similar to in terms of those uh, gritty aesthetics, having a tonal whiplash against silly stunts. Yeah. I haven't bought a Battlefield game in a very long time. It's just, I just never... Me neither. You know, just, I don't know. And I, I used to love Battlefield, like from yeah. Bad Company. I think I played 4, and then I think 4 was my last one. So I want to, I want, I want to get back into a Battlefield game, and I don't see anything here that like really, yeah. you know, straight up offends me, so much as it looks like a, a stupid case of video game tonal oh we're apolitical whiplash sort of sort of vibes yeah i don't know looks all right i guess there's a smaller game that got shown off that i really really like the look of called gloomwood it is a low poly thief like that has uh, pixelated textures and blocky models but really really good sound effects and really really good lighting and what I think is amazing is how atmospheric and immersive just watching the trailer felt, despite the, the low poly pixelated aesthetics going on. Uh, there are not many thief style games out there that developers have taken this kind of stab at. There's not many like deliberately low poly pixelated games that still look good and immersive since like Valheim, I think more developers are going to be trying to pull off the magic Valheim did in terms of getting a, a, a budgeted graphics budget to uh, look and feel like a higher tech experience than it really is. I, I, I like it. I, this is another case where I felt uh, a, little, a little pandered to in, in terms of having a, a, a smaller game get a big spotlight. 
Yeah, it looks uh, looks interesting. I don't I don't know if it's for me. I think I think it's definitely a George game. Mm-hmm. Like the stealth mm-hmm. stuff. Stealth boys. Yeah, yeah, stealth stealth. Like where you're just finding random things and I don't know. I don't know if I have the patience. You can hide bodies. Oh, oh that's, wow. that's always the like Holy shit. definitive feature. Yeah, yeah, like an interactive physics system, some physics puzzling going on. Oh, that's pretty cool actually. It's hard to get the vibe of a lot of this stuff without hearing the audio at the same time because the audio design was I thought fairly impressive in the Gloomwood trailer. Oh wow, yeah, it sounds a little bit like uh Legends of Grimoire. It's it's like this um RPG where it's a tile based and you walk on each tile. Uh you probably guys have never heard of it. It's a very it's, a, it's an indie <laughs> indie game like <laughs> Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that very open sound with little creaks. And every time you touch something, it echoes. I like that. Yes, yes. It makes you uh, know how big the room is just from your ears rather than your eyes. Legends of Grimrock. That's what it's called. Oh, oh yeah, the dungeon yeah. crawling one. Dungeon crawling one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember that one. I watched uh, an old friend, uh, Wooden Potatoes, play it twice. That shit was so fucking good. Shit was so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. I remember that being one of those games that was on Steam at the time that everyone was like, "You have to have this in your Steam library." Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a fun one, for sure. So, is there anything else that caught your eye, Liam? Um, because we're still we still got a lot of candidates. Honestly, not particularly. No, no. It's all about Nintendo, huh? Well, well, still waiting we'll on Nintendo. Yeah, we're still in exactly fifty-six minutes. The only Nintendo game that's been revealed so far was revealed during the Ubisoft conference, and it was a Mario Rabbit sequel. That doesn't surprise me. It was a massive success first time round, critically as well. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Once again, it got leaked beforehand. <laughs> Ubisoft games can never not be leaked. <laughs> they always have to be leaked beforehand. Um, there was a game called Planet of Lana that looked really, really pretty. The trailer for that was during the uh, summer festival. George, what about the Death Stranding director's cut, which mm. doesn't make any sense because <laughs> he is the director. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Um, and also, the trailer didn't make any sense. Like, is it meant no, to have? No, it made sense. How? Okay, <laughs> it, how? It, it, I gotta see this. <laughs> Wait, what? I how how is it hard to read? It's him putting the Metal Gear box away. No, let me something like that. I get it. It of course is a reference to the fact that Hideo right. Kojima made Metal Gear. How is it? A, how in any way does it advertise a new version of Death Stranding? Unless it has elements of like stealth in it now that would make the game different. Did, did I mean it's it's a fairly intriguing trailer. Norman Reedus playing with a cardboard box. It's fine. But also the idea of a director's cut from Hideo Kojima is like irony upon irony. Yeah, I I thought it was cheeky. I thought it was a joke. I did not interpret it as a serious trailer meant to make sense to sell a product because everyone kind of knows what they're going to get anyway. I took it as Kojima using it as an opportunity to tell a joke about how he wants to put Metal Gear away and and back on the shelf and no, i'm and... just talking about the fact that he's making a director's cut of a game he very clearly has every creative control over already and also he's the only cheeky sod as well who will charge people 
for a new version on next-gen consoles when almost every other company is allowing you to upgrade from the PS4 version or the Xbox One version to your new console for free, including most recently Final Fantasy VII. But no, with Kojima, you're going to have to fucking pay for the brand new PS5 version if you want that hot-ass Norman Reedus in 4K, 60 frames high ray tracing off his shower bum. Yeah, I'm basically interpreting this as a port for the P- from the PC version with extra features for people who have not already played it. Yes, that's exactly what I'm imagining it to be. Yeah, but the the area he's in is also new. You know, Death Stranding did not have this tight, close quarters stealth sort of situation. So maybe he will have Metal Gear s- segments. Maybe Death Stranding just becomes Metal Gear. Which uh, would be tragic, because that's not the joke being made in the trailer. I am interpreting it as a complete joke trailer, is how I I read this. Mm. I'm watching it. I don't know, man. Putting it back on the shelf seems about right, but it is Kojima. And I don't think things are straightforward with that guy. That guy likes to... Yeah, they're not straightforward, but they're also not subtle. The box literally says handled with love on it. Mm-hmm. Like like he is Fragile he is saying that Metal Gear Solid has been handled with love, but it's time to put it back on the box on the shelf and focus on new things. Sam decides not to sneak through the heavily armored guards in their blue metallic base with uh with Metal Gear Solid music playing in the background. Then what is he gonna do? Shoot? Do you know what it reminds <laughs> me of? A little bit. I don't know about you guys, but it reminds me of like what someone would make with sauce. Yeah. Like it reminds me of like an old, like even the, like the goofy, like grins that Norman Reedus makes is like, I can imagine the heavy making those grins in someone's like fan sauce trailer. (laughs) That's exactly what it reminds me of. (laughs) Can't wait for Kojima to collaborate with Studio (laughs) Fowl on the cinematics and Death Stranding director's cut. He teased at some new game that's probably not going to come out for another half decade. But yeah, until then, if you've never played Death Stranding before, this this is a version you can you can pay full money for if you don't want to play it on the PC instead. The cheek of it. I have complicated feelings about Rainbow Six Extraction. There are two Left 4 Dead games coming out. Um, that are like almost looking like they're directly competing with each other for different flavors of the same concept. Rainbow Six Extraction and Back for Blood got shown off a lot during uh, this year. Rainbow Six Extraction changed its name from Quarantine because 2020 happened. And it looks weird. I don't know if they really thought this thing all the way through. You see a lot of shots and gameplay demos of the person driving a little drone into a zombie infested room and being like, yep, we got zombies in there. And uh, I I don't know what sort of tactical advantage they really gain from that in a game that is typically known for tactics. Zombies are enemies that you don't really have to do fancy tactics to be able to shoot. It looks like a slow paced, more chill version of a Left 4 Dead where you still have a a lot of... uh, overwhelming tools at your disposal for shooting zombies through walls which completely turn them into non-threats i don't know if i like the look of this also the whole concept of having zombies and fantasy and sci-fi elements and and tom clancy games keeps getting ramped up and up as the years go on to the point where the the brand doesn't really mean much anymore i am absolutely not the target audience for either of these games 
do they call it Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction or is it just plain Rainbow Six Extraction at this point? I think it's just Rainbow Six Extraction. Okay, so so maybe Tom Clancy is spinning a little slower in his grave this year than, than last few times. He's like, zombies? I would have never had zombies. The Wikipedia article calls it Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction. The Ubisoft website just calls it Rainbow Six Extraction. I think it would be safer to go with the Ubisoft... Wait, no, no. Okay, the text on the Ubisoft website says Rainbow Six Extraction, but the JPEG of the logo has Tom Clancy's in it. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Uh, and then there's Back for Blood, which looks like I kind of wish they were a little more ambitious and wacky with the concept of of making a Left 4 Dead 3, but not having the... Uh, the the blessing from Valve themselves to do it. Uh, Back for Blood looks like Left 4 Dead 3, all right. And my like dynamic with the Left 4 Dead games has always been, oh, they're fun to go through once or twice, and then you and you know what what's around the next corner when you go through it again. The the unlimited replay value of a good multiplayer game is something that I don't really think they they managed to tap into. They wanted to show off some competitive PvP multiplayer modes, and the uh, I don't remember getting super duper sucked into the PvP of the Left 4 Dead games in in any case. Yeah, I mean, so far, if you want to play a level pack for Left 4 Dead 2, it kind of looks like Back 4 Blood is that. If it was Left 4 Dead 3, I think I, I would be more ready to picture special infected that don't fill the same roles as the previous two games. Definitely a little bit more of a of a of a jump in graphical quality. This is one of those next gen games where the textures still kind of look a little a little shitty and blurry when you zoom into stuff real close. Yeah, I I I, I don't have complicated feelings about Back for Blood. I so much as I, I don't know if I'm anticipating as much as I should considering I should be the demographic here, whereas Rainbow Six Extraction just looks like a confusing mess. I don't really have an interest in Left 4 Dead anyway, so I don't think either of these are gonna be Makupata. <laughs> Makupata. Makupata. I don't think it's gonna be anything to do with Makupata. <laughs> I saw a trailer reveal for a game called uh, The Fermi Paradox, which is a strategy game where you um, manage how first contact goes between various alien races. That's going to be fun to play if the UFO hype is still big when that releases. I'm looking forward to that a lot more than the more expensive AAA games on the list by far, which uh, describes a lot of good dynamics of this year. I was having a blast with a lot of the stuff shown during the Wholesome Direct and IGN Summer of Games. Liam, is there one you want to talk about here? What was that that Bioshock looking one? Was it Atomic Heart? Looks like a rough Bioshock. There is a game called Atomic Heart. I don't know if I would say it looks like Bioshock. One, have you seen the trailer? Have you seen the trailer? Watch the trailer and then tell me it doesn't look like Bioshock. It looks like Bioshock. You're you're on land with like a blue sky on top of the screen and But you're also on land. In Bioshock, you're underwater. Look at the way his hands move and the way he uses his pounds yeah, and his left hand yeah. shoots. It's like straight up like Russian Bioshock. That's what it looks like. <laughs> like a slightly janky Russian Bioshock. I I don't know if, I, if I'm really feeling anything watching through this. It looks like cinematic first-person violence adventure. I think when I see stuff like that, I'm just always impressed by whatever size of the team is because it looks like a triple-A game. Like, for example... I, I kind of picture it like name versus trailer. Imagine if you that trailer you just saw, imagine if it was like 
Arcane. And you were like, whoa, look at Arcane's new game, right? It's so weird to look at trailers like that and be like, wow, if that was like attached to another studio, people would be like, wow, this is the new hot shit, right? But because it's some unknown studio, but it, it truly does like a full AAA production of a video game. It's pretty weird because you hadn't even it's not even on the list. You haven't even heard of it. So No, no, it totally, totally passed me by. I think we're in a weird space where there's just it's scary. There are just so many games. There are so many video games. The volume this year was overwhelming, which is also why I feel like there's a little bit of contention over it. Like, like it's you're terrifying. saying it's boring, but it feels like there should be something for everyone in here. Quantity does not mean quality, does it? But like even even someone as as cynical and tired as I am of first person AAA violence adventure, there was a lot here that was not that. Like absolutely, yeah. Like like the the genres seem to be diversifying. On the same coin of that, there was another problem. For example, if you'd watched the wholesome games, did you watch the wholesome games one? So, yeah, full disclaimer here. I did not watch the conferences from beginning to end so much as I tuned in and out throughout okay, the weekend yeah, and fine. watched yeah. it from like lists later on, which I think is the better way to do this anyways. So the Wholesome Games one, 70 games announced all under a guise of, you know, being non I think non-violent is a better term than Wholesome. Wholesome, I think, gives it a, quite a derogatory term, to be honest, because a lot of them go to be quite extensive in unique ways. But... A running trend of that, though, speaking of derogatory, is that if you cut the words fishing, animal characters, farming, and lo-fi music, you would have gone from 70 to like 15 games. Damn. Because if you go through that and you truly are being, uh, you know, a little bit cynical, a little bit critical, so many of those games are like knockoffs of each other or inspired by animal crossing or have all or stardew valley or yeah or have mm -hmm. all taken that wholesome tag and then not really done anything with it other than what they think is supposed to be done with it so it yeah. requires farming it requires fishing it requires talking to really wholesome looking anthropomorphic village characters building a house crafting right and so the flip side of that is, yes, we're seeing a lot of these great things, but also on that path, yes, we see lots and lots of shooters, but also on the indie side in terms of like wholesome games, there is a lot of very similar stuff too. So when we talk about quantity and quality, I think across the whole week, there was so such an overwhelming amount of games, but there was so much that was so similar. We saw multiple vampire games. We just talked about Back for Blood and Extraction, two games that look very similar. There was a lot of like those kind of quasi Bioshock looking things too, I think. Um, there was another one that was like a spaceship horde shooter, the Archerists or something like that, that was like on a spaceship. Um, and then there was a lot of indie games that were this wholesome looking, a short hike meets Animal Crossing meets Stardew Valley types as well. So it felt like a lot of the games were still similar. So there wasn't anything truly outstanding because you'd seen one trailer and you could have got it confused with many other trailers that looked very similar. But on that note, like competition is not a bad thing. And one game that is very derivative, that is directly competing against a staple that I am very looking forward to seeing how they do is Paralives, a game that is doing The Sims by another name because uh, there is no competition in that space. 
Um, Paralives had a trailer where they showed off a lot of building features that you cannot do in The Sims. And what does kind of worry me, though, is that they didn't show the... Uh, the simulated people interacting with all the uh, strangely curved architecture and custom couch size sizes that the uh, home builder part of this game is going to be able to pull off. But having having a competitor for The Sims is definitely a good thing in terms of just existing at all. Yeah, I was I was happy to see a game like Paralives have some sort of presence during the. Uh, the weekend bonanza of watching video game commercials all day. There's stuff like Garden Story and Yokai Inn that both look like Stardew Valley with cuter pixel art. I was really, really intrigued by another wholesome game they showed off called Unpacking. Unpacking is great. Yeah, that, see, that wholesome game, but with unique gameplay that's completely different, that that was good. Unpacking, really good stuff. Unpacking looks looks like a, a bonkers concept that makes so much sense to turn into a video game. You unpack a uh, moving truck full of boxes when you move into a new house. You can customize it and decorate it, and then you do some 2D pixel art photography. But there's also some environmental storytelling going on. As you uh, sort through the character's belongings, they have item descriptions that feels really wholesome and human and relatable. And it's something we've all done that could have been turned into an interesting game this whole time. And for reasons of uh, of appealing to markets and having to make sales, it's a concept that no one's really wanted to do until now. Apparently, this didn't come into anyone's head for for all these years. But now now there is a market for like cute, wholesome, nonviolent games for grandpa. And unpacking is uh, is spearheading that. I like it. Like yeah. unpacking is one of the reasons why I felt like I was having more fun this year than I was in previous years, whether or not you want to call this week E3 or not. I, I don't know. I think it, it's E3 in name to me, really. It wasn't true E3, but it's great. It's a celebration of games and that's what is important. And I do like that. But I do feel like 70 games in one conference that all kind of look the same and have the same theme is like oh my god nothing rings death of an industry to me more than that because how is anybody supposed to make any money or any business but that is a different question for a different day meanwhile um sifu looks pretty good i'm probably pronouncing that wrong oh shit i missed it but i know what you're talking about is that the martial the martial arts one yeah, the the from Observer, the developer yeah. from Observer. That shit looks fucking good, man. That's like the best best fighting I've seen in a while. <laughs> now that looks like innovation. Yeah, choreography, animation, blue orange contrast. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you guys didn't say Monster Hunter Stories too, but I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, that's why. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks good. It's just it's it's already announced, right? Nobody has any interest for things that have already been announced, right? It's kind of the part of the E3. It feels like cheating if your big thing is a game that was already seen like twelve months ago or something like that, or six months ago. No one wants to be like, oh, that's that's old. We, you know, we want to hear about the new stuff. It's like if the Nintendo conference today is all about Skyward Sword, and people will be like pitchforks and burning houses down. For, for all the action RPG guys out there who has been waiting for um, Lost Ark. It's coming. It's coming over here, guys. It's coming over here. So we're going to be Amazon. able to play it and be disappointed by something. 
<laughs> gonna be disappointed by the fact that Amazon shuts it down in like six months. <laughs> yeah. Ho- ho- hopefully, hopefully it's good enough for a good weekend of fun with your friends, and that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters to get that like scratch out physics within uh action RPG. Like that's that's nuts, man. It looks good. I also appreciate that a uh, developer is taking a stab at making a journey-like game for Book of Travels. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the the game pairs you up with a very very small amount of other players who uh, walk you through a um, landscape that uh, they they kind of role play as your tutorial buddy for, and it looks gorgeous. This this game's art style is absolutely beautiful. The whole trailer has widescreen bars, cinematic, the cheap cinematic feel. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. What's it called? What's it called again? Uh, Book, of, Book travels. of Travels. Book of Travels. And I also know that uh, Matt likes um, the, oh, the wow. inside, that does look pretty. inside Limbo developer. They are making another one under a different developer name called Somerville. Atmospheric uh, uh, puzzle side scroller with, with interesting graphics about... Uh, it looks like this time it's not about about a coming of age kid story so much as it might be the the dad having a midlife crisis with his family story. It looks like an alien oh. invasion. Uh oh. It looks like Inside again. Interesting. So they're going with this art style. It looks like the movie The Quiet Place. That's what it looks like to me. Mm. Mm. It's interesting that like uh, Limbo was starring a little boy. Inside was starring a teenager. This one's starring a dad. I wonder if the next one will be starring an old man, grandpa, going on his uh, silhouette adventures. Oh, this is like a darker version of uh, 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 Mitchell's versus the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a family and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I- I'm definitely going to play this. You know, same, same, same type of gameplay as like you know, little nightmares and stuff like that. I'm down for the games like that, atmospheric. And Book of Travels looks really great. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. I really great. like yeah. like the look of Book of Travels. I... It seems like that's what we're interested in these days. It's just like, it's <laughs> just, I don't know, something a little bit different than high energy shooting people in the uh. face and. Yeah. Which is why I liked this year. I did like this year a lot better mm-hmm. than than most other years. I yeah. will we call it E three five years from now? Still, I don't know. But if uh, <sighs> if if this shows a direction the industry is going, I have a little more hope than I think I usually do. There was still a lot of shooters and AAA stuff like that dominated most of it. But I I do get your point. I do get your point. Yeah, like like out of the hour and 15 minutes we've talked not a lot of AAA shooters have been in that space the best game announced was of course the best named video game which is oh boy wizard with a gun oh i thought you were gonna do something different no but wizard with a gun great trailer great name does exactly what it says on the tin wizards with guns i like it what do you think I was going to say? Wizard with a gun. <sighs> I thought you were going to talk about it's in all caps, so I got to yell. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Oh, I thought we'd done that, but I'm happy to revisit it because <laughs> yeah. I have watched that trailer five times out of 
pure enjoyment and morbid curiosity about how bad the dialogue is in that in the trailer. I, 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 I watched it twice and I do want to expound on why I had such a visceral reaction to it. People in our Discord chat room were like seeing me just have a mental breakdown over this. I do not know how the story of Final Fantasy 1 goes in whatever kind of um time loop edgy spin they're gonna put on it but I am so sad that uh like this is what us Americans look like on the world stage that that, that when they, they they try to make a Final Fantasy that appeals to Americans they pick an angry white guy with a buzz cut who's telling the creatures he's killing to feel the pain as they're dying like Turn the way dust. this game treats you know the the triple a violence adventure there are very few characters i think who take as much sadistic pleasure in killing things as this guy seems to do i don't know what sort of redemptive arc he'll have in the game i guess i'll just have to wait and see but based on the two minutes and 30 seconds of this trailer he legitimately looked like one of the most unlikable protagonists i've seen in a trailer since like and I kid you not, like hatred, like like he looked like he was really, really enjoying mm -hmm. tearing these creatures jaws in half. Red crystals pop out instead of blood, so they might be able to get away with the T rating. He but... has a very good reason to do so. The chaos. He must destroy chaos. The chaos is waiting for us. Wait, no welcome party? I guess we'll just show ourselves in. It looks like Bad Devil May Cry without as much fun with an incredibly stupid interpretation of what Westerners think is cool about Devil May Cry. The, the sound effects in that trailer is missing. There's like uh, shots where you see characters punching each other and hitting the ground and there's no whooshy noises or punchy noises. And I really, really did not like, like I had a horrible reaction when I first saw it. Like it was... It, it felt like an ugly reminder of places we have moved past to in terms of what what video games are for nowadays. I'm so interested to know how, like, whoever did the dialogue or the developer, maybe it's, a, you know, the writer, how they feel about, like, people making fun of it. And, like, it is classic PlayStation 2 B-era Japanese oh that it reminds me of the great yeah. era of bad Japanese B games that yeah. just sucks in dialogue, but had so much energy and spirit that they're dumb as fuck. And yeah. it reminds me a bit of like Metal Wolf Chaos and games like that. That's what it reminds me of. It's so bad, but so good at the same time. And since the demo got fixed, it, there is a demo on PlayStation 5 for anybody who wants to play it, but one, it came out and it was broken, which I think is a great sign considering the trailer. But it did get fixed and people have been playing it and they said it's actually quite good. It's Team Ninja, right? So the yeah. dudes who made Ninja Gaiden, the combat's going to be great. Whether it's hard or not, I don't know. But if it's great combat, it's got Garland in it. Garland actually looks pretty cool, got to be honest. But <laughs> it is hilarious. The, the main characters are so bad. But <laughs> there's something quite. I, I just diabolical about playing it and giggling to yourself that people think this is serious. I, it just looks like the life has been sucked out of the world, though. Like it's just like so yeah, green and you, you bland, said like, like spirit. I don't know if I'm from the video. No energy. There's no spirit. I mean, if contrast you, <laughs> on this thing is just look at any Team upset. Ninja game, and you you'll see that the engine they're using is that garbage engine they use for Team Ninja. Like it, it looks like Devil's Third. <laughs> like, that's how <laughs> weird it looks.
That's how bad it looks. But Garland looks cool. I don't know how much Final Fantasy is actually going to be a part of this. I I don't know. I'm going to watch that trailer for years to come and look back and be like, simpler times. When we're living in that climate 2042 future that Battlefield Mm -hmm. has predicted. When I need to remind myself of the good times, yeah. When Japan is underwater and the only way to move back to the UK is fighting in a war. Yeah, I'm going to watch that trailer on my space phone and I'm going to be like, man, I wish it was 2021 again. (laughs) The chaos. Chaos control. I have to Um, destroy chaos. Yeah. I am become chaos. I, I, I felt patronized and insulted <laughs> when i watched that i had a gamer reaction that, that is trailer. what japanese people think americans are like fuck off <laughs> uh, let's do listener questions <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? watch- do they yeah. really like people you talk to over there they think that we we talk and act like this or that's what we fantasize about <laughs> yeah of course Really? I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. Even we don't fantasize about having free healthcare and trains that go everywhere. No, they think you're that's what I fantasize about. Heroes. Yeah, I fantasize about that too. There is a black guy though in it. So Final least- Fantasies have had black guys for the past couple generations. I mean There's always one. We want to get out of here so we can watch the, the trailer for Mario vs. Rabbids 2 again. <laughs> Listener questions we pull from dad and sons podcast at gmail.com and our Patreon listener questions channel. First one for this week is Wingy, who asks, if you had $15,000 to buy a useless thing, what will it be? And there has to be a very important disclaimer here to make it fun. It needs to be useless. Like I couldn't get a gold plated with diamond encrusted spoon for my cereal, right? I couldn't get like a an alligator skin umbrella or some shit like that, right? It needs to be useless. It needs to be useless. Not even like a gold-plated vacuum cleaner, you know? It's a very difficult question for us who don't know what spending $15,000 on useless things would even be like. I have a hard time visualizing that, you know? So, so it would have to be like a rock. Like some type of art piece, mm, like a, like a actually, rock. Actually, yeah, maybe like a collectible fossil or rare <laughs> artifact or something. Something the museum has already exhausted its value from. Yeah, like yeah. an NFT. <laughs> uh, oh, it's significantly easier to sell one of those back, though. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that blurs the lines of this question is, is if resale value counts as a use. I was True, thinking if I had yeah. $15,000, I would renovate my apartment to make it prettier just so I would feel good in here. But that also would increase the property value. It wouldn't have use value, but it would have resale value. And it also yeah. would have the feng shui use value of increasing my mental health from uh, living in a happier looking place. So it's really, really hard to answer something like this, to be honest. I'd buy the most expensive scalped PS5 off of Amazon. Just pay $15,000. Okay, no, I think I know what mine would be. If it's just pure sentimental memorabilia, I think it might be like, if I could get a hold of the original draft of a Metal Gear Solid game, like a script, 
something something sort of like that. Oh, that'd be nice. I know yeah. a guy who has one. Pop culture memorabilia Ooh. of a franchise you love, I think, is something I would be willing to I've seen spend it. a lot of money on for an item that will depreciate in value instead of appreciate in value. What What did you see? I saw Jeremy Blaustein's original script for MGS One. And what's the the usage rights on that? Is he allowed to sell it and auction it? I don't know. It's his, I guess so. Maybe. Yeah, I wonder if that would actually climb up to the $15,000 range, because I think that's if I did have $15,000 to burn with no consequence, I think I would really enjoy flipping through something like that just for my own sake, I, not for any serious use value. I'm going to go with that, like original Metal Gear Solid script or something, some kind of memorabilia under that. Yeah, umbrella. I'd probably buy something dumb like that, like an original Super Mario Bros. cop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. most recently, most recently, a chicken, a chicken nugget shaped like a character from Among Us that sold for a hundred grand on eBay. Well, well, you might want to eat it, in which case you will have used it. No, I don't think I'd want to eat it. How would you preserve it? <laughs> would you put it in an epoxy block like the hot dog? No, it's a, it's a McDonald's chicken nugget, so it preserves itself. <laughs> <laughs> it's so full of additives that it preserves See, itself. That's Gross. the American dream that Square Enix really needs to be tapping into. Not the, the violent, angry white boy action hero, but the, the mummy preserved just from the amount of fast food it eats. I'd buy a thousand copies, no, 15,000 copies of the mummy on DVD. Really? <laughs> That's your answer. I mean, of all the other $15,000 useless things you can imagine. Can you name me a better one? I tried seriously and ended up settling on the Metal Gear Solid scripts. A Pokemon card. The Pokemon card one's good, but I think 15000 will get you fucking nothing these days. Nothing. Me, yeah. <laughs> really? Can't even yeah. get that first edition Charizard anymore. Is this how impoverished I am? Like, would a Metal Gear Solid script go for more than that? And an auction I think from so. fans? I think Jesus it Christ. I don't think it would go for more than a fucking mint condition Charizard, that's for sure. So a mint condition Charizard is 15000 or more? No, that's more. I spent fifteen thousand dollars on returning back to the UK, where I'd have to quarantine, and then I'd run out of vacation time. So then, therefore, after my quarantine time ends, I'd have to return back immediately to be back in time to work. <laughs> but in order to finish the the citizenship form, you have to serve a year in the the climate wars. <laughs> where are you coming from, sir? Japan. Goddamn, man, that's a long journey. I lost so many friends in that war. My friend was crushed by a plane. <laughs> After flying an ATV with C4 on it. <laughs> okay, um, Matt, what about you? I've said so many. Um, I don't know if they're useless, though. He's already right? engaging in it. So, so assuming it does not have resale value, because you know, in 50 years, no one's going to give a shit about Metal Gear Solid scripts. But No yeah. resale value, either. Or at least no resale value a century from now. I wonder how much that would go for. So it would have to be just a, a some some stupid rock from some some famous guy. The you know those you know those art pieces where there's some like famous artist in L.A. and like Bradley Cooper came by his office and you know sat his naked butt on on his clay <laughs> while he was making it, and they it sells now for like ten thousand dollars. I'll probably buy one of those. Some butt print by Bradley Cooper. 
Yeah. I like that. Yeah, because it would still be enjoyable, like a Metal Gear Solid script. You would look at it and have a chuckle, but there's oh, not really much else to do with it. I would buy a pair of Hideo Kojima's glasses. Ooh, yeah, I would. I would, too. If they're not the correct prescription, then technically for me, they are useless. useless. Yeah, yeah. And that would also just be like the fun kind of sentimental value that only you would feel and no one else. Exactly. Right, right. Well, not yeah. really. I'd be like, I'm wearing glasses and I'm now blind, but that maybe I'll- That's resale value. There's resale value some, in that. I'll have some well, essence of Kojima. I, like, Kojima could sell bath water. Like, seriously. Like, there's some resale value. And, <laughs> Kojima only fans. That's going to go down with time over the decades. Whenever the, the original generation of Metal Gear Solid fans start to die off, the value will go down. Imagine a toy collector. What are they going to do during the climate wars of 2042? Are they going to be able to trade their toy collection to get entry into, into Germany again? I don't know. <laughs> to that point, though, because um, Bradley Cooper's ass could have some resale value. Let's, let's pick like the Reading Rainbow mm. guy. His ass mm, mm, mm. on on some clay. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's resale mm. value in that, right? Yeah, but there's still like a good fifteen thousand dollar laugh to be had. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, okay, because yeah. Bradley Cooper, I feel like, is a little bit up there compared. I'm with you. Or Lance Reddick. Yeah, silly, yeah. silly art piece just to yeah. laugh. Lance Reddick, new Wesker. <laughs> some people come in, you see, you see that butt print. That's the Reading Rainbow guy right there. Reading. <laughs> <Rainbow>. <laughs> Read my ass. <laughs> All right, quickly, what's the next one? Brandon P. He gave us uh, this one. As video games have grown out of their infancy, they developed a language of interaction, like how movies have developed a language of cinematography. Gamers know they can use their left hand to control where they move and their right hand to control where they look. However, to non-gamers, this is a foreign language to them. Do you think there are any games in particular that serve as a good entry point for non-gamers to learn the basics of video game interaction? If so, what makes those games special? And do you think there's anything certain games could be doing to help non-gamers enter the medium they aren't doing already? I was inspired to ask this question when I got my mom to play Portal, Stanley Parable, and Disco Elysium, and all three were unsuccessful, painful experiences. Pretty sure we've answered this question multiple times. We've discussed the idea of the language of video games many, many times. When I talked about my girlfriend finishing a short hike when she didn't even know how to use the camera, right? Like a game that almost literally controls the camera for you um, was still a struggle. I don't think there are any perfect video games that do this correctly. I think there are a lot of entry level stuff like Mario. I mean, you can't go wrong. But to get good at it, there's the ceiling. Everyone starts somewhere. That's what I've told people. That I was like, all right, like you haven't played games, it's fine. Just ask and just Here's like, League of Legends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, even in bot games, people like get upset and are toxic. Yeah. Like it's just ugh. I stopped playing it. All, all the Halo footage we just saw did make me think back on how Halo like played a huge part in standardizing the left hand move, right hand look control scheme and how a lot of mm-hmm. console FPS gamers got used to a genre that was not usually very playable on consoles from that. How many little subtle things in that game pile up to make it work? It has a lot to do with like the speed of a projectile flowing through the air so you can watch it with your analog stick as you sidestep around it. Like it takes a lot of uh little itty bitty things to make a game naturally feel good on its control scheme and halo 
is a good example of uh of of like a, a casual gamer's first FPS that still has an inherently complicated control scheme that a lot of non-gamers would have a hard time learning. Yeah, I don't think there are any perfect games. I think maybe games like Journey and stuff like that. But even then, when you play Journey, you don't really know what you're doing. So then it, even the controls are easy, but maybe you don't intuitively understand that video games kind of want you to figure things out for yourself. You know, when you do other things, you know, usually it tells you the rules and you have to learn these things. Games that maybe have mouse pointers are probably the easiest. You know, point and click adventure games and stuff like that might be the easiest way to get people into video games. But there's a weird like when we say something is video gamey or it has video game logic, it's like because it's so offset from the real world that only we kind of understand it. Right. And we have that intuitive nature of learning about video games because of it. It's kind of funny. I'm wondering why mom had a hard time playing Disco Elysium. What do you what do you think went wrong there? Because it has a very simple interface, simple controls, and it's also like conversations. It's not combat and split second reaction times. Probably because it's got game of logic. Like there's a lot going on in Disco Elysium, to be honest. There's yeah, math. you move around. Well, mm. there's also just, you know, talking to people and getting around trying to solve things out, right? Like stuff that you wouldn't maybe expect to do, like talking to every NPC. Like, mm, why would oh, it make sense yeah. to talk to everybody in a town? I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because like the idea is that you have to get information, but not everybody has information. A lot of people just have generic responses to make the world feel more alive. And you actually need to find the one specific person. But they don't actually give you a clue as to like who that person is. It's just trial and error. You keep talking and someone will eventually guide you on to the next thing. And I remember Matt having that same problem with the classic Fallout games, was finding the right NPC in the haystack. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. just kept clicking people. <laughs> I just kept clicking oh, gosh. People. Oh, it's to the West. Oh, thanks. This next question is really like triggering my bathroom reflex. Um, um, uh, take it away. I'll be right back. Let's hurry up. I'm leaving. I'm leaving in 10 minutes. Ah. You, I don't care about you podcasters. You suck. It's all about the Nintendo Direct and Waluigi being announced for the new Super Smash Brothers. Oh, Matt, Waluigi. Mighty Sargon says, do you reckon Rayman's willy floats off his body like his arms and legs do? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why it's not there, right? It's, uh, it's like in his pocket or something. <laughs> he can, like, move it. Like, he moves his arms, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can like readjust it, just like readjust do you reckon it, he can, yeah. Do you reckon he can do like the spinny thing he can do with his hands for the punch? Yeah, yeah, like, probably. He, and then he like he does this, and then he like inserts it into places. And for he, like, for Rayman, up. size doesn't really matter. Right? Doesn't matter, oh. no. Yeah, because um, he could just go. <laughs> I'm of the even though Canon, according to that oh, advertisement boy. back in the day, yeah. he does have a willy. I'm of the mind that I don't think he has one. How does he pee? How does the blood go from his hands to his brain? What does he eat? Uh, what is it, like Loomis or whatever they're called? The things that he collects? They are. Yeah, the little like fairies from Zelda. Yeah, I think he eats them. That's brutal. If my willy could float, I would, I would definitely just float my willy away into the bathroom so I wouldn't have to get up when, when drinking through my coffee on the podcast. Mm. It would really, really be nice if I could just like clench a muscle really hard and it would just float into the other room by itself and then come back that would that would solve a lot of our our problems on the podcast of you disappearing you could yeah. just like do what matt says and you know detach it or like 
float it over there and you could kind of throw it towards the bathroom. I think the facial expression will still be there. So he'll be at the camera all of a sudden being very <laughs> quiet and going, uh, Can you imagine what? he just goes, like, are you peeing right now, George? And yeah, he's like, yeah. What, what if oh, that's what God, the that's UAPs creepy. and the UFOs are? <laughs> Maybe the aliens can can detach their willies, and so you just see a little white oval floating through the sky. Oh my god, that's a <laughs> Maybe, really. Maybe it was Rayman's penis all along. Oh do, 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 do. Of all the things, Rayman is real.